All right. Well, I want to welcome you new members. It's great to have you. Um, we're excited about that. It's, it's, a, it's a joyful thing. Um, actually, going to be talking a little bit to you and talking to the congregation and the body as a whole this morning. Adele said a lot of what I kind of have written down. So it's going to be like, it's gonna be like uh, the second verse of the same song. So, uh, no, uh, as he said, he spoke on... Um, being a slave or being a servant of Jesus and spoke to the roles of a pastor and, and that of a uh, deacon uh, and how they are to conduct their business and, and kind of, you know, punched them pretty hard. I'm, I'm glad to see them, that they're here today after the way he talked to you guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, now we're going to spread that love over the whole church. So that's, that's really good. So today I wanna, I'm going to continue down the same path. And we're going to extend past those two positions of, of pastor and deacon and, and, and into the body, into the congregation of the church. Uh, and Dale mentioned uh, in his lesson two weeks ago, 2 Timothy chapter 2, and that's where we're going to be today. So if you have your Bible, please go ahead and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. It's towards the end of the New Testament, towards the end of the entire Bible, actually. Uh, right past 1 Timothy, believe it or not. So if, you, um, if you'll be turning there, I'm going to fill you in a little bit about Timothy, tell you a little bit about Timothy, who he is. And before you can even talk about Timothy, you've got to go back a little bit further to Paul. And before Paul, you've got to go back a little bit further than that. So the Bible is divided into two parts, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And so the majority of your Bible is this Old Testament. And in that Old Testament, for thousands of years, they're talking about this promised Messiah and, and, and this, this man, this Savior, who's going to rectify the world and, and, and bring the world uh, full circle. And so in the start of the New Testament, we have the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And these tell the story of Jesus, the life of Jesus. And in Jesus, we find the one and only true son of God. Um, as I said, for thousands of years, the, this, these people, these Jewish people, and, and really the whole world, were looking for this Messiah, for the Savior. And here he is. He is the promised one that was to come. He is the Redeemer. So in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we, we see the story of Jesus. And over his life, uh, Jesus proves beyond the shadow of a doubt that he is the Redeemer and he is the Chosen One. And what Jesus understands that no one else seems to be able to understand is that in order for the sins of all mankind to be washed away, God requires a blood sacrifice. You see, they saw this Redeemer over these thousands of years. They thought he was going to come and that was it. It was fixed. But that's not the plan that was in place. You see... Only the shedding of Jesus' blood would allow you and me to ever be able to be reconciled to our Heavenly Father. So knowing this, Jesus died on the cross. Now to the world, that looked like a complete and utter defeat. And, and just like the song says, we haven't sang it here, but there's a song that says that was just the end of the beginning. You see, Jesus, in all his power and righteousness and his glory, he defeated death and he overcame the grave. And, and shortly after his resurrection, he met with his disciples and he gave them the Great Commission. And it says this, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. 
So what happens next is we get this book of Acts. And in Acts, we, it starts off with the coming of the Holy Spirit. You see, when, when Jesus left, he promised the coming of the Comforter. And the Comforter and, and the Helper is the Holy Spirit. So we have this day of Pentecost where Peter and the other disciples, they're empowered by the Holy Spirit and they share the good news of Jesus and thousands of people get saved. In Acts 2.42, after all these people get saved, it says this, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship of breaking bread and the prayers. So this is the start of the church. That's what we just ta- uh, sang about this morning. That's why we've been singing this song the past couple of weeks. It says this, In the morning that you rose and heaven held its breath till the stone was moved for good for the Lamb of conquered death and the dead rose from the tombs and the angels stood in awe for the soul of uh, who'd come to the fathers are restored. And then it says this, And the church of Christ was born and the Spirit lit the flame. Now the gospel truth of old shall not kneel, shall not faint. That's what we sing. That's why we sing these songs. There's truth to the words of these songs that we sing. So here we have the start of the church. And as the church grew, we see that the apostles, who were the original disciples of Jesus, they need to help. They need some help. So they de- delegate some of the res- uh, responsibilities in chapter 6 to uh, some of the first deacons who were chosen. And among them are, uh, is a one man named Stephen. And we talked about him a few weeks ago. And in the very next chapter, we see that Stephen, in chapter 7, he gets arrested and stoned to death for his faith in Jesus. In verse 58, we see that while this is going on, there's a young man standing there, and his name is Saul. Not long after this, we see Jesus appear to this Saul guy. And Saul, when confronted with Jesus Christ, cannot deny that he is the Son of God, that he is the Messiah. And so he surrenders his life to Christ and, and does this complete 180. He was persecuting the church. He was, he was in favor of imprisoning and killing Christians. And now he wants to grow the faith. Now he is saved by Jesus and wants to see others saved by Jesus. So his name is changed to Paul. And for the rest of the book of Acts, he is living out the Great Commission. So here's where we meet Timothy. On Paul's second missionary journey, we come to this town of Lystra. Or Lystra, sorry. Here he finds Lystra. Lystra. Isn't that a... That's where everybody dies, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's right. Lystra. He finds young Timothy and he takes, his own, uh, takes him on as his disciple. So here's what we know about Timothy. We know he is young. He's a young guy. We know that his mother was a Jew and his father was a Greek. We know that he was raised and taught the scriptures by his mother and his grandmother. You see, his mother and grandmother received Christ and started following Christ from one of Paul's earlier missionary trips. And so they took what they learned and they discipled Timothy in the scriptures. We know that he was well spoken by his brothers at Lystra, and, and so Paul meets this young Timothy, and he takes him on as a disciple. And as Timothy is discipled by Paul, he grows and he matures as a Jesus follower to the point that Paul leaves Timothy on assignment as an overseer at the church in Ephesus. So after this, Paul writes two letters to his young co-worker and, and, 
First uh, Timothy and Second Timothy. First Timothy is written to uh, written to Timothy shortly after Paul is released from prison, and it kind of gives Timothy some instructions concerning uh, issues that were popping up at the church of Ephesus, mainly uh, with false teaching. And not long after that, Paul is imprisoned again, and so he writes this last letter, the last letter that we know of. And he doesn't write it to a church. He doesn't write it to the church at Ephesus. He doesn't write to the church at Thessalonica. He writes to this young spiritual son named Timothy. So this is where we are today in the last letter that Paul writes, 2 Timothy chapter 2. Hope you're there. Follow along with me as I read chapter 2. You, therefore, my son, Paul speaking to Timothy, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Here's our key verse for the day. And the things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, these entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of, Jesus, of Christ Jesus. No soldier is active in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone complete, competes as an athlete, he does not win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking far, farmer ought to be the first to receive his share of the crops. Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, descendant of David according to my gospel, from which I suffered hardship even to imprisonment as a criminal, but the word of God is not imprisoned. For this reason I endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen, that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus, and with it eternal glory. It is a trustworthy statement, for if we died with him, we also live with him. If we endure, we also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Remind them of these things and solemnly charge them in the presence of God not to wrangle about words, which is useless and leads to ruin of the hearers. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, handling accurately the word of truth. But avoid worldly and empty chatter, for it will lead to further ungodliness. And their talk will spread like a gangrene. Among them are uh, Hymenus and uh, Philetus, sorry. Men who have gone astray from the truth, saying that the resurrection had already taken place. And thus they upset, faith, upset the faith of some. Nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone whose name names the name of the Lord abstain from wickedness. Now in a large house there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and of earthenware, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Therefore, if a man cleans himself from these things, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. Now flee from your youthful lust and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the name of the Lord a pure heart, from a pure heart. But refuse uh, foolishness and ignore speculations, knowing that they produce quarrels. And the, Lord's, and the Lord's bondservant, that means slave, and the Lord's slave must, be quarrel, uh, must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged, with gentleness connecting 
uh, correcting those who are in opposition, if perhaps God may grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do this, his will, to do his will. That's chapter 2. That's Paul speaking to his young disciple. I just find it interesting that when we look at Scripture, we see a specific model. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about just shortly this morning, um, is the fact that Paul wasn't writing something to the masses at the end. He was writing to this one spiritual son. And so what I want to talk about is short and sweet. And that, like I said, the main verse is uh, verse 2. Let's read that again. And the things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, these entrust the faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So we have spent a lot of time in this church emphasizing the importance of, great, of the Great Commission. And in this verse, what we see is one of the most important verses in the Bible that models what that is to what that's to look like, to living out the Great Commission. And if you've been around here long, now if you've been here, if you've been here since the start of this message, you've heard Dale say, we're about making disciples that plant churches that make disciples that plant churches. And that is based on this verse. That is based on what we see here. Here we have Paul who has taken Timothy and disciples him and, and pours his life into uh, his. Paul pours his life into Timothy's. And he's saying, now Timothy, it's time for you to go do the same. Timothy, you entrust these teachings that I shared with you, this gospel, to faithful men so that they may teach others also. Something that I want to point out, and it's... That's why I brought my only this, this New Testament that I, I studied out of this week. It marks up the emphasis on the verses. And, and that's something we don't really have in, in the English translations a lot, is what is emphasized in these verses. And so at the end of this verse, it says others also. And others also is in major emphasis. It's like, this is it. You are to tell others also. This is the reason, uh, the reason for this is because it's exactly the same way that Jesus modeled the Great Commission in his own life. Uh, time studies have shown that when we look at Jesus' earthly ministry and his adult life, he spent 85% of his time with the 12 disciples. See, his main goal wasn't talking to the crowds. It was life on life with a few men. And in doing so, he equipped them to reach the world with the good news. We, at the start of Acts, you don't even have the church. And then within the first chapter, the two, first two chapters, you do have the church. And by the end of Acts, basically the entire known world has been taught or has been reached to an extent for Jesus Christ. That was, that was Jesus' plan from the beginning. That was his model from the beginning. And so 
just to show you what this looks like, I, was gonna, I drew these triangles, and I know you probably can't read them from there. You probably couldn't read them from up here because my handwriting is terrible. So what this looks like is you have Paul who pours his life into Timothy, who pours his life into faithful men who, who tell others also. And so not only that, he, it says, if you catch this, it says, and these things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses. So Paul's not just telling Timothy by himself. He's also telling faithful men and others. Paul's telling all of these people, but he's specifically singling out Timothy to tell him like, hey, you're my guy. I'm telling you, and now you tell these faithful men. You find faithful men. Just like I found you, Timothy, you find faithful men and pour into them. And then tell them, to pour into others also. Great model. Great plan. But somewhere along the way, about uh, the church actually operated this way for about four centuries. And then came along a leader known, uh, uh, named Constantine. And Constantine, he had a different idea. He had a different model. And he, he decided that, you know what we need to do? We need to build church buildings. We need to build church buildings. And we need to separate the church basically into the clergy and the laity. And, and the clergy was this refined, very specialized, well-versed, well-taught, um, basically pastor and staff. And then you had the laity, which is this larger group, this very large group. And it's kind of in their name, they kind of became laid back because they were just there. They were just there to listen. And the clergy was to do the work. And so this changed the structure that we know as the church. And it's still the working model, if we're to be honest, for most churches in the world today. And that's here in the middle. We've got the congregation and the body, which, which leans on the leaders. The, the, the small group leaders, the, the uh, home studies, the, the uh, Sunday school, if there's Sunday school, who leans on the staff and the deacons, who leans on the pastor. And the pastor is to reach the world. I mean, I've, I've seen it. I've been a part of it myself my whole life. If, if and I was here, I've been here the majority of my Christian walk, I've been in the congregation in the body. And it's, it's probably accurate. You don't have to raise your hand or anything, but it's one of those things where you've probably experienced this. Hey, pastor, I know somebody that needs Jesus. Will you go talk to them? Will you go, will you go give them the word? Will you go give them the gospel? Hey, uh, I talked to my Sunday school leader and he told me to come find you because you're the deacon of the week. And... Uh, could you go, somebody's in the hospital, could you go see to that? Could you go see them and talk to them? And uh, for some reason, this became the model. And, and, and it became on the staff and the deacons and mainly the pastors to reach the world. And, and, and this idea of, well, I don't have to know much. All I got to do is get them to, get them to the church and the pastor will do the rest. And... That's not what Jesus put in place. That's simply not true. We see that 
with Paul and Timothy. We saw it with Jesus and his 12 disciples, and then we see that passed along to Paul and Timothy. So let me scoot over here. I'm going to drag this thing around all day. So here at Plant Grow Harvest, we want to be a little bit different than that. No, we don't want to be a little bit different. We want to be a lot different. Because when we read the Scriptures and we follow the Scriptures, we see that right there it is. That Jesus taught 12 men, and 12 men taught more men, and more men taught more men. And we see this multiplication spread, and it's amazing. And then we see Paul, who gets saved, who was Saul, becomes Paul, and then he goes and finds Timothy. And he builds into Timothy, and Timothy into faithful men, and and faithful men into others. So, here it is. Here we are. Here's our goal as plant grow harvest <laughs> now that you've signed on for membership and you can't leave <laughs> as pastors as 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 tony as dale as dave as myself we want to we want to build into people we want to build into everybody everybody but we also want the deacons if you're called to be a deacon if you're serving as a deacon we want you to be actively building into others like, Zach is a deacon, and he builds into his daughter, Abby, who is just t- now teaching the little kids. It's going this direction. It's in effect. This is actually working. We're not just dreaming this up. We're putting it into practice. And then it comes to the body. If you're not a leader yet, and if you just joined today, or if, if you've been in a while, and this is where you're at, this is where you're at. But... It doesn't mean that you can't reach the world for Jesus. I read a, <laughs> a statement from a pastor while I was studying. He said, Jesus didn't save you to be a silent partner. He didn't come into you to be a silent partner. That's pretty brutal. Um, because I'm guilty of treating, treating him that way. If you're taking notes, I wrote this down. If you write down... The Great Commission was given to blank. You put your name there. The Great Commission was given to Jed. The Great Commission was given to Whitney. The Great Commission was given to Beckett, Brody, and Grant. It's our responsibility. If Jesus saved you from your sin, he saved you with a purpose in mind. And it's to follow His plan and to reach others also. And at the end of the day, if you agree with Jesus' strategy, you can change the world. We can change the world. We desire for all nations to know Him. We desire for Ukraine to know Jesus. And Tanzania. And Listeria. Wherever that's at. We have a, an amazing opportunity here. We thank, I, I thank God every day for what he's put in place here. Not, not this structure, but what, who's seated here in this structure right now. Because 
He has allowed us to reach places that I, I just didn't care about years ago. But it's been, it's been, the scales, you know, have fallen, will fall from your eyes. And as you read God's word, as you see these things, as you see that this plan is in place, that for God so loved the world, he gave his only son that no one would die without knowing him. It's simply true. It's simply true. And he wants us to play a role in that. He wants you to play a role in that. He wants me to play a role in that. Not just Dale. Not just William as the chairman of deacons. He wants each and every one of us to share God's love with our, with our spouses, with our children. And any time he opens the door, you could get in a conversation this week where you have the opportunity to share Jesus with somebody. And I'll tell you, the, the proper response is, let me call Dale. You're, you're, the Holy Spirit that's in Dale, that was in Paul, that was in Timothy, is in you too if you are a follower of Christ. That's all I got for today. I told you it'd be short. If Jesus saved you from your sins, if you are here this morning and you claim Christ as your Redeemer and Savior, He's got plans for you. He wants to use you. He wants others to know that same saving grace. I encourage you to be prepared. If you've got questions on how to be prepared, Come talk to Tony or Dale or Dave or myself. We've got tracks. We've got Hispanic tracks. We've got English tracks. We've got everything. We've got some in French. Because you run in a lot of French people in Crossville. So. so, I want to encourage you. That's, that's what I want to do. I want to encourage you this morning. Seek Jesus while he can still be found. If you don't know him, Come talk to us this morning. If you are not saved, if you do not know Jesus personally and in an intimate way, that's a good place to start. That's the only place to start. That's, come and talk to us, and we'll, we'll, we'll get that straightened up real quick. But if you do know Jesus, the world needs to know him too. So prepare yourself. Study the Word. Be in prayer. Look to him. Seek his face. Dear Jesus, we ask that you, uh, you enable us, you in, empower us to, to reach the world for you. That we don't be laid back, but may we be looking for opportunities to show your love to other people. Looking for opportunities to pray for other people. Looking for opportunities to share scripture a word out of your word with other people. You are the only hope that this world has. And we know that, and we, we desire that others know that as well. We love you, Jesus. We thank you so much for giving us life, and abundant life in you. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for this place. We thank you for the new members. We thank you for the food we're about to eat. We thank you for this business, business meeting, Lord. May it glorify you. May all that we do glorify you. We ask all this in your name, Jesus, the name above all names.
Amen.